reconciliation. What are some reasons that people might have that they might lose those blessings, right? What would cause someone to fear losing those things? Does anyone want to volunteer why someone might fear losing those blessings? Yeah, Caroline. Okay, yes, when, when, when you see a, a pattern of ongoing sin, that doesn't change. Thank you. What is another reason someone might fear? Losing those blessings. Evidence of ongoing sin doesn't change. Right, right, yeah. So, so they might, that just might be part of their, 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 their understanding of the gospel, that you can be saved, and then you can lose that. Yeah. You might fear being tempted. Well, what if there's something that is, is, looks so good that I can't say no to? Or what if the threat of persecution is so strong and, and I'm not strong enough? There's various reasons we could have why we might fear losing these blessings of being, of being in Christ. But even as we see them, we can see that there is a permanence to them, to being reconciled, to being adopted. Um, and so as we think this morning, we want to think that part of our, our wealth is our perseverance, Part of our wealth, part of the mansion that, that, that we inherit is our perseverance in Christ. And so here's what one, one, one definition of this idea. The perseverance of the saints means that all those who are truly born again will be kept by God's power. And so that's so key, that they are kept by God's power. It's not us keeping ourselves and will persevere as Christians until the end of their lives, and that only those who persevere until the end have been truly born again. You can see that this definition has two parts here. Um, that all those who are truly born again will be kept by God's power. We see what God does, that God keeps them so that they persevere until the end of their lives, and then describes those who persevere as only those who persevere un 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 until the end have been truly born again. And so this is thrilling. There is certainty here in this doctrine that being connected with Christ is permanent. That God's power, the same power that made the world, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, keeps you in him until the end of your life if you are truly born again. And all those who have been truly born again are going to persevere, are going to stay to, 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 to stay in Christ. So it's thrilling, but we also see that there is a responsibility there too. I'm going to read a uh, another kind of de of of a definition from the Westminster Confession of Faith. This is also thrilling. We see how the Triune God is working here to keep you in Christ. They whom God the Father hath accepted in His beloved Jesus Christ, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit. So effectually called is what happens to you when the gospel goes out and you and you and you are saved. You respond in faith effectually called and sanctified, made holy by the Spirit, can neither totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace, but shall certainly persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved. That's a beautiful way of describing how, how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit works together so that you persevere, that you will neither uh, totally 
all the way, or finally, not that you don't have doubts, not that you might not be tempted, not that you might come to a point where you wonder if you are saved, um, but that if you are truly saved, if God's done that work in your life, you will persevere to the end and be eternally saved. So we're going to uh, work through some truths as, 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 as we explore this doctrine, and most of it's going to be working through Scripture, and Lord willing, it'll be encouraging to you because this is your mansion, right? Um, that, that mansion is, is your mansion, and I want you to enjoy the salvation that has been given to you, right? If you're afraid of, of being kicked out of that mansion, um, we rent, we have a wonderful land, uh, wonderful land, land, landlord. Our experience of that renting is different than if that home was completely paid off. Um, your mansion that you have, the blessing you have of being in Christ is not going to be lost for those who persevere. And that is, let's just start, let's just start exploring, explaining this. Everyone in Christ will persevere to the end, okay? So we are using in Christ as talking about our union with Christ, our, uh, what God does when uh, placing us in him. Everyone in Christ who's been reconciled, who's been adopted, who's been justified, who has been sanctified and is being sanctified will persevere to the end. And here's a great verse here. John 6, 37 to 40 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I just have to say, John 6, 37, I think it's like the best verse in the Bible. If you ever doubt that you, that you can be saved... All that the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. If you ever worry about, about will Christ welcome me, he will always welcome you. If you go to him, um, he will not cast you out no matter how much you have sinned. And you're guaranteed everyone that the Father um, gives to the Son is going to come to the Son. That's just incredible. That, that's, that's talking about eternity past. Okay, for I have come down from, the, from heaven, Jesus is saying this, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, you guys can help me here. And uh, I find those verses, there is full of encouraging truth there. What are some of the encouraging sections of that that guarantee that everyone in Christ is going to persevere to the end? So someone raise a hand and we'll have the mic come to you. And uh, very graciously, uh, Cayman's going to run it to you. Your brother was just saying how fast you are, so this is fortunate. And uh, if, uh, um, what's something encouraging in this verse to you regarding the fact that if you are in Christ, you will persevere to the end? Just, just a phrase. You don't even have to say anything profound. Yes, Cambria. It's the Father's will that we persevere to the end. Yes, right. It is the Father's will, and 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 this is just not talking about that 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 God has things that He wants to happen, and we disobey, kind of like He wants us on on our parents, and we don't always. But this is the Father's will. This is what He's guaranteed He's going to accomplish. Awesome. It's the Father's will. Yes. Something else. There's easily five or six things here. Warm in our hearts. 
You're going to love the mansion. Josh? Uh, it says, Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will. So the reason Jesus came down from heaven was to do the Father's will, and, and the Father's will was, was to save his yeah. people. Yeah, great. Yeah, so, so this is why Jesus came, to not lose any of us, right? Yeah, great. Does anyone else see anything encouraging in those verses? Yeah, Hugo. All, all, everyone. Yes, right, yeah. All is huge, right? So that everyone that the Father gives to the Son, none of them are going to, 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 to be lost. Um, if Jesus were to fail to save or to fail to raise up on the last day, any of those that the son that the father has given to the son, he would be failing to do the father's will. This is why he came. He's not going to lose any. We can be confident that Jesus will raise every true every true true believer on the last day. Let's go ahead and look at the next verse here, John ten twenty seven. 2.30, you can be doing the same thing. Look for something encouraging in this verse as I read it. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. What is something encouraging in this verse um, about uh, reinforcing this truth that, every, that everyone in Christ will persevere to the end. If you see something encouraging, raise a hand. This is, we're just all young. Thank you. No one will snatch them. Right. So no one, no one can snatch them out of Jesus's hand. No one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. Right. We cannot be snatched out of God's hand. Great. Anything else there? Yes, James. Um, just like uh, Ephesians 1, mm -hmm. um, Jesus said that he knows us. So, yeah. Knowledge of intimate knowledge with us, I, that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, right. right. He, he, he knows us, right? There, there are, he has a number of sheep, a certain number of sheep. And he knows those sheep, and those sheep hear his voice. The ones who don't hear his voice are not his sheep, right? So that's nothing that we, that we take any pride in. This is an incredible grace of God. He could have looked at humanity and not choose any sheep. But the fact that he would look and, and choose sheep who were rebels and to bring them into his fold, to put his love in them, Awesome. So here we see that it is, it is not ultimately dependent upon, as, as, as one writer says, uh, our hold of Christ, but on Christ's hold of us. And he has us in his hand. Another incredible verse is Romans 8, 29 to, to 30. 
It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he is also glorified. And that glorified there is past tense, even though we are still waiting for it to happen, that there is a certainty that all those that God calls, that when the gospel works in our hearts and we respond in faith, those that he's justified, those that he's justified, he will certainly glorify. And that is God's purpose in saving us, is to make us like his son, uh, Jesus Christ. And God is going to accomplish that. I've got some other thrilling verses. I don't know that we have time for all of them, but of course I knew that was going to happen. We'll just go through them real real quickly. John 3.36, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Um, That's huge, right? That word eternal life, it is eternal, right? The life that is in you, if you have responded in faith, uh, to the gospel is an eternal life. It won't die. Uh, John, uh, John 5, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come in, in, into, into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now look at 1 Peter uh, 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 1, 5. This is such a cool verse. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. God's power is guarding you through faith for a salvation ready to be to, 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 to be revealed. It's not that you're not saved now if you're in Christ. It's just the, the fullness of this is waiting for you. It's ready, it's ready to be revealed in the last time when, when Christ returns. But how are we going to get there? Well, God's power that is holding the universe together right now, that has ordained all things, is guarding you through faith. God's power is using the, the, the tool of faith to to keep you for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So why do you still believe this morning? Because God's power is guarding you. And why will you, if you are in Christ, believe tomorrow morning? Because of God's power. And the next morning, like that is so cool. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that we don't have, have, have doubts at time. Could God really love a sinner, a sinner like me, um, but that it's God's power that is keeping you so that you do not lose that faith. Now, that's a little bit of what the Father does. Here's a little bit of what the Son does. This is amazing, too. Hebrews 7.25, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. And isn't that what the gospel is, right? We draw near to God through his Son. He saves us to the uttermost completely um, with no being lost. But it says, since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's what Jesus is doing now in heaven. He is praying for you according to the Father's will for his sheep that were given to him in eternity past. And he's like, I don't want to lose them. And that's your will, Father. So please guard them through faith. Keep them in me right? He's interceding for you. Yes, they're going to be tempted, but, but, but please, Father, keep them. That's incredible. Preserve them. Strengthen them. Jesus is praying for you. Now, when we pray, 
We seek to pray according to God's will, and those are the prayers that God answers. Does Jesus have to seek to pray according to the Father's will when it comes to his sheep not being lost? No, he knows the Father's will. That prayer will be answered. How cool. Jesus is interceding for you. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, we just talked about the Father uh, guarding you, you through his power, through, by his power, through, through faith. Here's what the Son's doing, interceding for you. Um, Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So the Spirit has is, is sealed you as a guarantee that you will receive the, the final fully enjoyed salvation for, for, for eternity. So there you see that God as Father, as Son, and Spirit are working together um, for you to be saved who have truly believed in, 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 in Christ. Here's a, a great quote from the Westminster Confession of Faith. I, I put it on the back of your notes there, 17 and 18. It's a little wordy of, of, of oh, I'm sorry, not this quote, but just the reference. It's the section 17 and 18 of the Westminster Confession of Faith. You can find it, find it online. You can work through it. It's a little wordy, but it's really rich. And uh, here's a, a, a little bit. This perseverance of the saints depends not upon their, 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 their own free will. Right? It's, and, and like this is true right now. You who are in Christ really can't say, well, I'd rather not be in Christ. Right? If you are truly saved because God's working in your heart, you're not going to want to say that. Right, so, so, so you don't have to worry, well, maybe tomorrow I'm not going to want to be in Christ. That's a horrifying thought to you. you. You don't want that if you are in Christ. This perseverance of the saints depends not upon their own free will, but upon the immutability, this is so brilliant, of the decree of, of, of election flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father. I mean, how beautiful is that? The immutability, the unchangeability of the decree of election flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father. When he put his love on you in eternity past and chose you to belong to him, that is why you are going to persevere. And not just that, but upon the, 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 the efficacy or everything that Jesus accomplished of the merit with his death and the intercession of Jesus Christ, that he's praying for you. So everything that Christ accomplished on the cross and the fact that he's praying for you is why you are going to, pers to persevere. And, as if that weren't enough, the abiding of the Spirit and of the seed of God with, 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 within them, that God has given you new life, and the nature of the covenant of grace from all which arises unto the certainty and infallibility thereof, it's a done deal. If you are in Christ, you are going to persevere. The triune God is guaranteeing it. That is such a treasury, right? Like you just walked into a room and you're like, yeah, I've been in this room before, but it's the Mona Lisa and it's your Mona Lisa, right? And so that's where we have to pray that, I mean, not if you like the Mona Lisa, whatever it is, but like pray that our hearts get this because we should be blown away. And uh, um, so that is one truth. Now let's look at the next truth. Um, only those who persevere to the end are in Christ. So the first truth, everyone in Christ will persevere uh, to, to the end, but only those who persevere to, to the end 
are in Christ. So who are those who are in Christ? Those who persevere to the end. Every one of them is going to, is, is going to persevere to the end, but only those. And so here's a couple scriptures that describes our need to continue. Matthew 24, 13, it describes as the one who endures to the end will, 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 will be saved. John 8, 31, so Jesus said to the Jews who had, who had believed in him, which, which is interesting, um, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. They had put a faith in him. Some of them had truly believed. Some of them would end up falling away. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So who are those who are uh, uh, in Christ unto the end? Those who persevere, who endure, those who abide. Colossians 1, 22 and 23 describes it as, uh, those he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. This is where it's all going. Everyone in Christ is going to get there. They're going to be presented holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and in which I, Paul, became a minister." That is a description of those who persevere. They're those who endure, those who abide, those who continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. When someone says to you, hey, I've got another hope, that hope is you can make yourself a really good person or it's the hope of another religion. You're like, get away from me, all those false hopes. I only want Christ. Christ is my hope. I'm clinging to him. Okay. Continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope. And that hope is that certainty. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, 1, 1 and 2, Paul says something very similar. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. You know, he's not like, in which you're floundering. He's like, in which you stand. You know, this is it's stable, steadfast. And by which you're being saved. Not that you're not saved, but that the full revelation of all that blessing is you haven't received yet. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you. And this is what perseverance is. It's enduring. It's abiding. It's holding fast. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, we belong to him, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. And boasting isn't like, oh yeah, man, I'm like really awesome because I got a great hope. It, it, it is our rejoicing, it is our exalting. I have this confidence. So I love this, not just holding fast, it's also an attitude with it of confidence. I know I am going to persevere to the end because I have Jesus Christ. Um, Hebrews 3.14, uh, for we have come to share in Christ indeed if we hold our original confidence to the end. So as we think about, um, about endurance, about abiding, about holding fast, is endurance to the end? Is abiding in Christ? Is, is, is holding fast to the faith essential to one's final salvation? Yes, right? This is, this is the description of what it means to persevere, right? The person who perseveres is the one who endures, who abides, um, who holds fast. That is what it means to persevere, what it means to be saved. It is essential. Now, let's look at this uh, uh, quote here by Anthony Hokema. Um, so all the, these kinds of passages underscore our responsibility in our perseverance. You have a job. Right? Now, that's not 
it should, shouldn't be a surprise to you with these doctrines, right? In justification, do you, is there something you do? You believe, right? In sanctification, is there something you do? Yeah, you obey. In perseverance, is there something you do? Yeah, you abide, you endure, you hold. Now, that doesn't mean that you save yourself, right? But, but, but there is a response, and we have a response. So, so, so they underscore our responsibility in our perseverance. They tell us that it is only as we prayerfully endure to the end, hold fast to what we have, continue in Christ's word, and remain in Christ that we can enjoy the blessing of perseverance. And they also remind us that God, in preserving us, uses means, right? God uses means in preserving you. Those means includes the exhortations of Scripture, the threatenings, and the promises. So he's encouraging you with his word to say, persevere, 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 hold fast, endure, abide. Now, uh, there's a, a, a great illustration of this in uh, Acts 27, um, which is funny. I mentioned it in the sermon last week, but when uh, Paul is on the boat and there's going to be a shipwreck and Paul encourages them, he says, I urge you to take heart for there will be no lice, no, no lice. There's probably a lot of lice. There'll be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Guys, the ship's going down, but you're all going to be fine, right? Encouraging, promise, good news. So, at Acts 27, verses 30 to 32, as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, they're like, oh, we'll try to sneak away and lower the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the shore, uh, from, 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 from the bow. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Like I told you, you're all going to be saved, but you got to stay in the boat, right? So the means of them being saved is staying in the boat. That wasn't what saved them. The boat saved them according to God's promise. Well, I guess the boat didn't save them. <laughs> um, the boat did not save them. Uh, it, was, it was God who saved them. But the means was, was, was by listening to these instructions and staying in the ship. So God, and here's a quote by uh, Robert Raymond. God ordains not only the end that everyone who's in Christ is going to persevere, but also the means to the end. And one of the means to his final salvation to, is the Christian's perseverance in the faith to the end, without which the end is neither achieved nor it is achievable. Okay, so you getting to the end of, to, to, to the end, when you see Christ, that is going to be achieved by enduring. That is going to be achieved by abiding. That is going to be achieved as you obey as you persevere, as you pursue holiness. And without doing those things, you are not going to achieve it. Now, that's not what saves you. These are just the means that God used to accomplish his promise. It is the identity of one who perseveres, one who perseveres and, 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 and endures. And so to finish with a quote there, one of the ways whereby God affects this means of perseverance in the elect is to warn them of the consequences of their not persevering to the end. And there's lots of scriptures that do that. He warns. So he uses the warnings so that you say, I should listen to this and I should persevere. 
And so let's look at, our, so the first truth, if I were to go back, because I didn't repeat them, is everyone in Christ will persevere to the end. The second, only those who persevere to the end are in Christ. And this is also true, that those who do not persevere to the end were never in Christ. It's not like they were in Christ and then they stopped being in Christ. Those who do not persevere uh, reveal that they were never in Christ. 1 John 2.19 describes us. We know people, people that we would have thought were brothers and sisters that this has happened to, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. If they had been in Christ, they would have persevered. But they went out, they didn't persevere, that it might become plain that they all, that they all are not of us. Right? So there's a clear description that those who leave reveal that they were not in Christ, and they reveal that by not persevering. Jesus said this was going to happen in Matthew 13 in, in the uh, parable of the soils. Matthew 13, 20 to 22 describes two of them. What was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he, f- he falls away. So when, when, it, when it gets hard, there's persecution. Verse 22, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Um, another verse, John, John 15, 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. There's many passages like this describing um, what happens to those who don't persevere, describing the reasons why people don't persevere. Uh, They persevere because they choose not to, right? They choose something is more valuable than Christ. The the trials aren't worth it. The the pleasure is worth it is worth more, even if they truly look like they were saved. And John, in, in Hebrews 6, 4 through 8, um, describes how much someone can come to looking like they are saved. But if they don't persevere, they were never in Christ. John 6, 4 through 8, it says, For it's impossible in the case of those who've once been enlightened. It looks like they saw it, Right? Like they were close enough to Christianity that, 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 that they knew it was true, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in, in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that they have the Holy Spirit residing in them, but they have enjoyed the blessings of being part of the church, have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it produces a crop useful to those for, for, for whose sake it cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it's worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. It's describing those who, who look like they were part of the body of Christ. You can think of Judas. You could think of, of, uh, of I think, Saul, um, who, who, who were recipients of so many blessings and then end up uh, end up turning turning away. Now, I think in our ministry to someone like this, this is a great warning passage to not do this. 
If, 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 if you are one upon whom God's reign is falling and you are enjoying and, and, and don't become this person. In ministry to someone who's like, I wonder if, if, if this has happened to that person. I would encourage you to keep pleading with, with them. If God were to restore them to repentance, he can do that. We, it, we're not going to know, is this person that person? So if you know someone in your life who has walked away, don't say, well, you know, it's impossible to, to, to restore them to repentance. I'm not even going to try. I would say keep pleading and keep pointing them, 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 them to Jesus Christ. Uh, um, the one that goes to Jesus, he will in no wise cast out. So these kinds of passages teach, as Robert Raymond says, that, 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 that there's such a thing as temporary faith, which is not true faith in Christ at all. Those with temporary faith were, were, were oh, 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 and, oh, and I changed the equal here, okay, which is not true, true faith in Christ at all. Those persons who have only this temporary faith were never regenerated and are therefore not, not true not true believers. The greatest single piece of evidence that this is so is the fact that they fell away from the faith. So how do you know that someone is not in Christ? Because they don't persevere, because they fall away from the faith. Do you not want to be one of those people? Then, then keep pursuing Christ. Stay in the faith. Abide. Abide and, 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 and endure. Um, the scripture itself, John, John, John Murray says, therefore leads us to the conclusion that it is possible to have very uplifting, ennobling, reforming, and exhilarating experience of the power and truth of the gospel. To come into such close contact with the supernatural forces which are operative in God's kingdom of grace that these forces produce effects in us which to human observation are hardly distinguishable from those produced by God's regenerating and sanctifying grace and yet not be partakers of Christ and, 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 and heirs of eternal life. And they demonstrate that uh, even though that they looked saved and they seemed to experience the blessings of salvation and they felt feelings when they sang songs, um, but they demonstrate that they weren't of Christ because they fall away. So this might lead to a question. So we saw three truths. And next time I'll remember to do a reminder slide here. Uh, everyone in Christ, if you are in Christ, you will persevere to the end. Only those who persevere to the end are in Christ. And those who do not pers persevere to the end were never in Christ. It wasn't like they were in Christ and then lost it. But then it leads to a question maybe. Um, those who are in Christ persevere. How can I know if I will persevere? Well, are you in Christ? If you are in Christ, if you've been justified, if you've been adopted, if you've been sanctified and are being sanctified, you will persevere. But the fact that you're asking that question is a really good sign. If you're concerned about your, 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 your faithfulness, if, you're, if you want to continue in Christ, that's a great evidence of being in Christ. Because those who are not in Christ don't really care about that. So you can answer this question by, by persevering, by God's power through his grace working in your life, being one of those, uh, one of those who, who, who persevere. God does want us to have assurance, to know the blessing that we indeed are in Christ. Hebrews 10, 19 and 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Now, this isn't like, well, I'm not sure if I should go. No, you are in Christ. 
in God the Father's presence through the blood of Christ. You have confidence there by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain. That is through his flesh, through his death. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Jesus Christ, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Your assurance is Jesus Christ. It is through him. So, so, so if, if you're like, how do I know that I'm going to persevere? It's because Christ is my sacrifice. Christ is my high priest. We cling to him, and he is, is our assurance. In Romans 8, 15 to 16, this describes the uh, Spirit's work. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you, and, and really, it is a slavery to, 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 to not know if you are saved, to always being fearful. He said, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, so that God's Spirit works in you, so that you cry out to God, Abba, Father. My heart knows that you are my Father because of the work of Jesus Christ. There are other evidences that, that bring assurance. 1 John 2, 3. By this, we know we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. We, come, we know that we belong to him as we obey him. 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. If you love one another is how you know that you're, you're one of those who persevere. 1 John 5, 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So this is why John was writing, not so that you would doubt all the time whether you are saved, but that you would be encouraged. I am obeying God. I am abiding in God. I am remaining in faith. I am growing in, 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 in love for the brothers. I see Christ working in me. But that doesn't mean that we don't have, have, have doubts. And it is possible um, that we as Christians have doubts. I love that, the, again, the Westminster Confession of Faith describes this, right? Written early 1600s. They knew Christians would, would, would deal with this. And here's some of the reasons why. True, true believers may have the assurance of their salvation, diverse ways shaken, diminished and intermitted or, 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 or kind of broken at times. And here's some ways. As by negligence in, 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 in preserving of it. They're not abiding. They're not enduring. They're not walking in obedience by falling into some special sin which wounded the conscience and grieveth, and grieveth the spirit. By some sudden or, vem, or vehement temptation, all of a sudden, you're surprised that you wanted something really, really wicked. Uh, by, 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 by God's withdrawing the light of his countenance and suffering, even such as fear him, to walk in, 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 in darkness and, and to have no light. Just kind of talk, talking about that there may be seasons of, 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 of discouragement where God's in, uh, helping you grow in, in learning to, 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 live, to live by faith. Yet, even though we can have these doubts as we see our sin, as we are tempted, um, as we have times of spiritual dryness, it says, yet are they not utterly destitute of that seed of God and life of faith, that love of Christ and the brethren, that, 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 that sincerity of heart and conscience of duty, out of which by the operation of the Spirit, this assurance may in due time be, 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 be revived. It's describing those who are struggling in, in a season of doubt, 
and what is going on in their heart, and yet it's not totally missing. They say, when they ask, do you want to love God? And you're like, yeah, I do. And do you love being with his people? Yeah, I do. It's not always easy, but yeah. And, 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 and do you believe Christ died for you? Yes, I do. So their heart still cries out because they have been born of God's spirit. And so they are, they are not feeling as much assurance as they once did, but he's encouraging them that assurance can be revived. And you're not utterly despairing because you still have this hope that you know Jesus Christ saves sinners. So how do we, we, we persevere? So if those who are in Christ persevere, how do we persevere? Through faith. Okay? You're going to persevere through faith, Colossians 1.23, and I read it earlier. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. It's going to Christ again and again and saying, I want Christ, right? I believe in Christ. I'm not going to go to any other hopes. I don't want any other hopes. And when we doubt and say, but do I believe enough? Is my belief enough faith? Well, we can be encouraged that, that, that when we're focusing on the quality of our faith, is my faith good enough? Do I believe enough? Believing is an act of obedience. And is your obedience ever 100% pleasing to God? No, in any area of obeying, right? Our, obey, our obeying is not perfect. Faith is a matter of obeying. And our obedience is not perfect. So it's not so much, do you have 100% pleasing to God faith? Is my faith kind of fully capped up at 100% level? I got to get it back up there to 100% level. Because right then, what are you putting your confidence in? Your faith. And where should your confidence be? In Christ. Right? So we want to make sure to not have our, our, as we seek to persevere in the faith, to not make our faith the object of our faith, but Christ the object of our faith. It is the object of faith that, 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 that determines the value uh, of our faith. We want to keep looking at Christ. So during the, the, the uh, Passover, when, um, when God uh, had Israel put the blood on the doorpost of their home and wait inside their home as the angel of death passed over and killed the, 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 the firstborn of, of the Egyptians. Um, the person inside the house was saved because they had submitted to God's way of being saved, right? They, they believed that there was a danger, and they believed, saying, I'm going to stay inside this house. The lamb has already been killed. God is going to pass over this house. They had faith. They didn't have more salvation, depending if they were more certain, right? Or if they never had any doubts. If they were inside that house, that firstborn was was saved. 
right? It wasn't like, like I've got a hundred percent, I've got super faith, and so I'm more saved than the person in the house next to me. No, no, they were saved. The, in, in, inside Noah's Ark, right? If a, a, a ham was kind of having a bad day, bad day it's like, you know, this, this, this boat, it's really big, and that water, and it's been raining a, a, a long time. Are we really going to get through this? As long as he stayed inside that boat, he was fine. If he jumped out of the ark, he's in trouble, right? So how did he stay saved? Ham. By persevering, by, by continuing in faith. It is not a breakage of faith to say, I need to persevere. It is what faith does. Faith, faith, faith continues. And this brings us again to 1 Peter 1, 1, 3 through 5. It's such a key verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from, from the dead. It's one of those you just inherited a mansion verse, right? Born again, living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And here, here's the inheritance. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You don't have to keep it for yourself. Kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in, in the last time. God doesn't do the believing for you, but it is his power working in you that guards you through faith. So keep obeying and keep believing and don't put your hope in anything else. That is how we persevere in faith. Got some other quotes for you, but okay. So now... Um, well, I guess, I guess I'll look at the end of this one here. If you go about halfway through this, um, it's, it, 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 it says, And therefore, it's the duty of, therefore it is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure, that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, in love and thankfulness to God, and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, the proper fruits of this assurance. So if you are not feeling a lot, a lot of assurance, first, make sure that you're hoping only in Christ, that he is the object of your faith. And then it says, if you're not enjoying assurance, if, if, if your heart isn't being enlarged in peace and joy, if you don't have this love and thankfulness to God, which only comes from when you know that Christ is yours, the, uh, the hope of glory, if you don't have strength and cheerfulness in obedience, um, make your calling and election sure. You're like, okay, how do I guarantee that God in eternity past chose me? I mean, we can't like time travel because that was before time anyways, but we couldn't time travel and say, yes, he really did write down my name. Uh, I, I'm really one of his, well, in a sense you can't. Do you want to know that he chose you? Um, the uh, next passage is one of the most useful passages if you struggle um, with, with, with the assurance of your faith. And um, we will try to go through this quickly. So, 2 Peter 1 through through 4 is going to focus on what God has done. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and, and, and excellence. 
So, through the knowledge of him, right, uh, who called us to his own glory and excellence, a little bit of what we're learning as we learn about justification, sanctification, and adoption, it is some of that knowledge of him. What was in God's heart when he called us to his own glory and uh, excellence, by which he's granted to us his precious and very great promises. Through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature being made in God's image, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. I plan to ask some questions about this. We're just going to go through it quickly. This is amazing. God has given you everything you need in Christ to obey him. Now, if it sounds like a mouthful, it is. It is thrilling. The 2 Peter 1, 1, 1, 1, 3 through 11 passage, I would encourage spending some time with it. In summary, God has given you what you need to obey him. Okay, God has given you, if you are in Christ, God has given you precious and very great promises. Okay, now, he's given you what you need. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8 describes what our responsibility is. Because of all that God's done, for this very reason, make every effort, be diligent, supplement your faith, which you have, with virtue or or, or moral excellence, virtue with knowledge, which is really we want to accomplish all of these these things at equipping hour, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Now, that doesn't mean that you uh, say, well, I'm still in the faith trying to get to virtue, and then after virtue, I'll get some knowledge. No, you're going to try to grow in all of these. Make every effort. What was the last thing you made every effort to do? It may have been to get to some place on time. Um, it may have been to get your hair to look, to look a certain way this morning. I don't know. Okay, But you make every effort. You did not. You stayed at it until it was done. You made every effort. So what are we to make every effort to do? To abound in growth. And then it says, verse 8, this is brilliant. For these qualities are years and increasing. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we've been learning about is the blessings of being in Christ and knowing him. We don't, you don't want me, I don't want you to be ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want you to enjoy reconciliation and enjoy adoption and enjoy sanctification and enjoy justification for those things to be effective and fruitful in your life. So how do you enjoy all those things? By making every effort, by persevering. But then it describes, and this is, this is where probably most of us, many of us have been at some point in our Christian lives, in, in verse 9. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So when we lack the, the, these qualities, what verses 5, 6, and 7 just showed us, when we're not growing in love and brotherly kindness and, 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 and virtue and steadfastness, Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted he's blind. I'm so nearsighted I'm blind. I can't read. If it's right here, I'm so nearsighted. Having forgotten, he's cleansed from his former sins. It's real, but you've forgotten it. And I think it's describing there when you don't know if you're saved. Or maybe you just just have gotten so so used to, 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 to assuming it. 
You've forgotten that you were cleansed from your former sins. What was the miracle that God did in your life? So, and again, because, because of, where, of where he goes next in verse 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I just, okay, yeah, did I pass it? Okay. Um, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. Are you elect? Did God choose you in eternity past? Has he called you to the gospel work in your life? Prove it. Make your calling and election sure. He's not saying save yourself. He is calling you to persevere. If you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Persevere. That is our heritage in Christ. That is part of, of, of being in him. Being part of that mansion is that we are going to persevere in that mansion. But if you choose not to persevere, you are going to give up assurance of whether you are saved. And that is God's means of you persevering. So if right now you're in a place where you're like, I don't know if I'm saved. So first, have you gone to Christ to be saved? Right? He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. You can go to him and be saved. If you, if you have, and you don't know why, you don't know that you are, are you making every effort? Are you adding to your faith, virtue, and, and virtue, self-control, and steadfastness, and love? Are you growing in that? Are you enduring? Are you abiding? It's really God's grace in your life. If you're not certain right now, and if you're not doing those things, because that's his means of him keeping you. So don't, so don't ignore that. Don't turn that off. Um, um, instead, uh, lean into that and say, I, I'm not seeing, I'm not certain. So pursue Christ in faith so that you, 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 you do endure. Excuse me. You want to make your calling and election sure. You might have questions about, about assurance, um, about if you know that you're going to persevere, about what happens to those who you thought were persevering but then didn't. If I can help you in, in a, any way kind of think through this, I would love to do that more. Uh, next week, uh, by God's grace, well, next week is our time of prayer, so look forward to seeing you back here for time of prayer, and then it'll be uh, um, glorification is going to be the uh, next part of being in Christ. Let's go ahead and pray.